back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm here again with Pastor Andrew to talk about this next episode. Pastor Andrew, last week's episode was kind of out there. Lots of things relating to spiritual warfare and UFOs, and the connection between satanic rituals and the pop culture idea of what an alien looks like. What are we going to be talking about in this episode? You know, there's a whole lot we got to go through tonight, Landon. And uh, the last episode, we kind of went to the fringes with the whole alien UFO thing. This one is a little bit more practical. There's something in the world called the Great Reset. Some say it's a conspiracy, but there's evidence online. This is a real thing. So we're going to talk about the Great Reset and how in Scripture it lays out what kind of needs to happen in order to bring about that great reset. Okay, let's get into it. Thanks, Landon. Appreciate it. Listen, let me start with this. I'm finding it harder and harder to unpack, decipher, separate the conspiracy from the truth. Because the farther we go along in this life, the more conspiracies become truth. Some of them, not all of them. Apparently Elvis and Michael Jackson are still alive and they're roommates, but I haven't found proof on that one. There are some things that are still out there that I'm unable to confirm. And the Great Reset, which rolled out in 2020 at a place called the World Economic Forum, there's no conspiracy to it at all. It's a whole conference based on the idea of doing everything that they can, world leaders, to make the world be ready for one government, one financial system, one this, one that, control everything. There's no conspiracy. You remember we've talked about Babylon, and one of the greatest sins of Babylon was pride, the Tower of Babylon that we will get to God because we can be, when we get to God, we can be like God. We can fight God. This Nephilim, the Nephilites and their leader, Nimrod, we're going to build this tower to the heavens and we find pride there at the root of that. And God separated them by languages, stopped that project altogether. And it's amazing because as we kind of unpack the different things that are happening in our world today, it all circles back to this humanity's need to try to become not just like God, but in contest or competition with God to have the audacity, the feeling, the sense that somehow if they just unify enough, they can become powerful enough to become like God. Well, if anything taught us anything, the Tower of Babel taught us that no matter how unified they are, they can never overcome the Almighty God of heaven and earth. Amen? We've talked before and we'll go back again. This is our fifth week in Pastor's Prophecy Hour on the podcast. Believe it or not, the week we took off here for the members meeting, there was a fourth podcast. You can go back to that and listen to that. Um, What I've heard from a good source is that our first podcast 
uh, had some challenges with audio. I sounded like a horse on that one, apparently, but we fixed all that, and it was Landon's fault anyway. <laughs> Actually, it was Kevin's fault because he's not here tonight, so it's his fault. Here we go. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. The topic tonight is the Great Reset. We're going to talk about some of the politics of all that. We're going to talk about, by the way, how many of you guys understand that crooked politicians aren't in just one party? <laughs> right. Lord, make the crooked path straight. Well, at the end of the day, He will when He returns. We just do the best we can with discernment and pray, pray for God to intervene. Here we go. We've talked about the days of Noah. We've talked about in Matthew 24 when Jesus says, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the Son of Man returns. We talked about what happened before the ark. Now, I want to talk about what happened right after the ark. Still in the days of Noah, right? Right? Still in the days of Noah. Chapter 9, verse 1, then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. All the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, all the fish of the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. So we get to eat animals and grain and vegetables, right? But you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. That's unhealthy. I wouldn't recommend. Is sushi considered... We ain't getting into dietary restrictions. We ain't doing it. I know y'all want me to do it, but I ain't doing it. Verse 5, and I will require the blood of anyone that takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. If anyone who murders a fellow, human, a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in His own image. Now be fruitful and multiply, repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. And with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on the earth, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will I flood waters, kill all the living creatures. Never again will I flood, will a flood destroy the earth. Then he goes through the sign, which, look, you know, I think it's good for us to have the reminder. I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come, I placed my rainbow in the clouds as a sign for my covenant with you and with all the earth. We're going to get into the pride in a little bit, trying to hijack the rainbow. And I want you to understand the teaching here tonight and, and every night, don't ever walk out of here. For example, uh, Pastor Victor and Linda, wonderful people. She, she, She's the Daniel diet lady. She, that's what she eats, just vegetables. But I get to sit right next to her when we have staff lunch or something to eat a hamburger, and she doesn't judge me, and I don't judge her. The point is, God's given us these things for our benefit. 
you do what you need to do for your health. Amen? Here we go. I look at the Great Reset in God's way as the flood and the reset that happened in the world with Noah. All of the stuff he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. All the animals are scared of you. Can you guys take a wild guess what would have happened if the animals weren't scared of Adam and Eve? They wouldn't have lasted that long. That lion was licking his chops, right? Same thing for Noah. All of the animals had the terror, the fear of humanity within them so they would survive and so they could have dominion. We are called, we are anointed, we are in covenant with the Most High God to have dominion over the earth and its resources. The earth is not our God. It's our home. We need to be good stewards of our home, but the moment that our earth, the place we live becomes our God, it's idolatry. The Great Reset was right there in Genesis chapter 9. He started over. The greatest reset is in Revelation chapter 21. And Adam, and Adam and Eve were created and put in the garden, which, by the way, I need to share this with you because I think the Holy Spirit showed me something that's good for all of us. When God created the earth, He created the garden, and He put the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. So there were some unique things about the garden those trees were unique. He banished them, and, and they had to, God had to send an angel to stand guard so they couldn't get back in there. The Bible says so they wouldn't live forever. They couldn't eat of the tree of life. But I think the Holy Spirit showed me something when I was getting ready for um, this week that the garden was not just that patch where those two trees were. The entire earth was the garden of Eden. The angel was guarding those trees, that spot. But it was God's intention that Adam and Eve would populate the earth, not just the Middle East, not just that Palestine area. Now, if you go back, scientists will tell you that millions of years ago and all that kind of stuff, and my question is, we've been here for 2,000 that we can kind of look back at and look what we've done. I don't think the earth could stand a million. Are you with me? Now, and, and here's the thing. Well, humanity wasn't there then. Yeah, but they're blaming cows for today. The, the, the carbon footprint is the cow's fault with all the flatulence. Y'all have heard that, right? Here's the point. God's original design is if you go back far enough, you find land bridges and ice bridges and all of these places, all the continents were one. It was the flood that brought the separation. I could walk, not that I ever would, from here to Europe without having to get into a boat. God wanted Adam and Eve to populate the earth. That was his goal, Garden of Eden all over the world. Amen? Now, let's get back into it. Revelation 21. The reason why I say that is because we're going somewhere with it. The next great and greatest and final reset is found in Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven, a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. Did you catch that? The sea was also... Why? Because all the land's connected again. 
Now, there's still rivers and lakes and streams because you got to drink water, right? There's a river of life that flows. The sea was also gone. As it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end. Verse 2, and I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. As it was in the beginning, so it shall be again. God himself walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And here's the culmination of the greatest reset, the last reset. In verse 5, the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. That's the greatest reset. The reason why I start with that is because what we're going to go through tonight is the stage being set for judgment. Everything we're going to be talking about is in God's plan. He is not surprised. He is never surprised. And he is allowing things to transpire and take place at the exact pace and timing that he wants, which gives us hope to say Jesus is coming soon when we see these things develop. So I'll tell you again like I do every week. Tonight is a night, it's a study, we look at the end of time, we look at prophecy, we consider the state of the world, we are not to have fear, amen? We are to have hope. It is those that do not have Jesus that should be awake to this, and if there's not a little bit of apprehension and fear within them, maybe we should be better about sharing what the gospel actually says, that you need Jesus and you need him now. The head of the World Economic Forum and the organization that goes with that is a man named Klaus Schwab. He's a German prof professor, and I think I have a picture of him. There he is, sharp-looking guy. He said, quote, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. If you Google the Great Reset, this organization has a website committed to it. And then, if you want to, watch all the boring talks and everything in there. I watched all I could handle. They're, they're not apologizing. They're saying, we have a great opportunity while everybody's scared to do whatever we want. Did you know that the wealthiest people in the world got more wealthy during the pandemic? The billionaires made more money than they've ever made. I believe billionaires in the world got 87 trillion more dollars in wealth as a total. This guy's a German professor. professor. Now, if you've been around long, uh, for any time at all, you know the worst country that everybody points to when things get bad is what? Germany, Hitler, right? Everybody's worried that there's going to be another one of those. Well, Klaus has made no effort in hiding his true agenda, which is to hopefully bring about a Fourth Reich, have Germany again be more 
prominent on the world stage. Now, he's not going to raise an army. He's not going to attack Austria. Poor Austria. He's not going to do all of that. But from economic reform, he hopes to accomplish the same result. In essence, a takeover without a bullet being shot. The Great Reset, one of the things that these basically billionaires that sit around a room, you have to, if you want to join the World Economic Forum, you can write a check for $67,000 and become a member. So this is not the middle class, upper or lower. There ain't no middle class in this thing. By 2025, this is what they want to happen. Here's how they say it. By 2025, 85 million jobs will be displaced by a shift in the division of labor between humans and machines. Now, when they say it, they say it as, yay. When I read that, I, 85 million jobs are now gone and replaced by robots, right? There's 85 million people now that can't do anything because it's been automated. Now, if that, is that part of technology and the development? Yes. All of that's going to happen. If you haven't looked up pictures of Detroit, Michigan, do so. It was one of the wealthiest cities in all the world, I mean, all the world in the United States at the height of the car manufacturers being there. And then things got automated and it went down, 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 down. Now, listen, the more technology grows, the more the world as a whole will begin to experience this entropy, this wasting away of economic wealth. Again, billionaires become richer. The World Economic Forum made eight predictions by the year 2020. All products will have become services. Kind of like this. You no longer own a car, you call an Uber. You no longer own a home, you're in an Airbnb or in an apartment. How many of you guys know that first-time buyers can't buy nothing right now? Second, third, fourth-time buyers ain't buying nothing right now. And some of you, like me, have looked at the price of your house and said, wow, man, I can make some money on this thing. And then you look at the price of another house, exactly the same. Ooh, I'm not selling my house. I can't, I might have to live at the, you can't say this, I might have to live at the church for a while until it gets reset. You find me in one of these couches. <laughs> the other thing they want to see happen by 2030, they predict a global tax on carbon. Stop living. That's basically where carbon comes from. You live. So unless you're ready to pay a tax for living, you don't want to see these things happen. This is by 2030. I'm not talking about 100 years from now. U.S. dominance will be over and replaced with a handful of global powers. I kind of see that trajectory happen. Remember, I, probably not in this series, but a series before we talked about the United States where it is in prophecy. Well, where it is in prophecy, prophecy is nowhere at all. Because the one thing that's keeping everybody from attacking Israel is what? The United States. And when the United States power begins to go, now Israel is open for attack. They've lost their greatest ally. Farewell hospital. Hello, homespital. Seriously, they're, they're wanting to see this happen by 2030. How many of you guys, before COVID-19, how many of you guys would raise your hand and say, I did a telehealth appointment before COVID-19? Raise your hand if you did it before COVID-19. I got a couple weirdos. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's leaving. She's done with it. I'm going to missionettes, Dad. Um, how many of you guys since COVID-19 have d- has done a telehealth? See how things have changed? Now, they say due to COVID, but didn't you have the flu before when you go to the doctor? You'd walk in, ah, ah, sorry, I got to, you know, right? And everybody's in the waiting room just coughing on each other, and it's just, it's, it's really bad. And nobody's wearing a mask because they don't work. Anyway, stop. Settle down. <laughs> the only ones that do work you really can't breathe with, those are those uh, fancy ones that they tried to make me wear when I was in the hospital. 3D printing of organs is now a thing. Advanced robotics. I mean, they really are saying in 2030, the hospital, we're going to send the robot with your new kidney. Just let them in and lay down. I mean, it's like, it's, it's crazy to think about. It's probably not that extreme. They probably have a nurse that goes or something. I don't know. Maybe the Uber guy is trained in both. I don't know. Jeez. Their hope, their goal is that we'll be eating much less meat. How many of you guys have eaten the Impossible Whopper? Men, don't eat it anymore. It's full of estrogen. It's been proven. It's been proven. Look it up. I'm just saying. They got in trouble. (laughs) Stupid. Today's Syrian refugees could be tomorrow's CEOs. Now, that sounds like a a happy, feely thing kind of thing they wanted to put in the eight lists right before they say, the values that built the West will be tested and failed beyond a breaking point. What's the values that built the West? Personal freedom, capitalism. Economic freedom and personal freedom are the values that built the West. Now, I know. There's a whole lot of history that is bad. But what they're saying is these values as a whole, the freedom will now be gone beyond a breaking point. Finally, the eighth prediction that the World Economic Forum made by 2030 is that we will actually have a presence on Mars. Whatever. I'm still not convinced we went to the moon. Anyway. I have in my notes that I need to go through the Jesuit priesthood and how communism began in South America, but I don't have time tonight. We'll get to that one later. The World Economic Forum built this entire idea of the Great Reset based on this one concept, that you will come to a place where you own nothing and be happy that you will come to a place when you own nothing and be happy. Historically speaking, it happened in Russia. It's happening in China, in North Korea. It's happened in Venezuela. It starts out as socialism, moves to communism, moves to violent communism. The idea that you will own nothing and be happy. The be happy part is not accurate. And every time it's been experimented, it fails miserably. India, for example, part of the Great Reset is food. Hey, you came back. 
Matthew 24, Jesus mentions the great famine, the famines that will be all over the earth. The Great Reset talks about these different things. It brings great famine. One of the things they're trying to do under the guise of giving people more food and access to food is there's laws in India. Why do I bring India up? Because that's where they're starting. That's where the prime minister has said, come to India and do as you will, world governments, world powers. What they're trying to do in India is give something called minimum guaranteed price. That sounds nice, like the dollar store. How many of you guys know the dollar store went to $1.25? Because the minimum guaranteed price only lasts as long as the dollar's worth a dollar. You with me? So the minimum guaranteed price moves up as the value of the dollar goes down. It is a ploy that they've set forth to edge out smaller farms. They're moving all their resources and all of their planning towards larger farms. People even like Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates are at the forefront of this organization trying to push these modern technologies towards farming. In essence, they're closing the door to free market. How many of you guys have spent more money on organic food lately because you didn't want to buy the other one? Anybody ever buy, you know, you're getting that organic stuff because it doesn't have the spray on it or whatever. In 2019, because of what they're doing, over 10,000 farmers in India alone committed suicide, took their own lives. Farmers. An activist named Vadanya Shiva said that the chemicals made in Nazi Germany are the same chemicals that they're spraying on crops today to kill pests. This lady is an activist that's working hard against these programs. The fertilizer today that they're using in these crops is the stuff they used to make bombs with in World War II. In essence, if you follow Monsanto, 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 Monsanto. If you follow them, <laughs> I don't know if they're a type. <laughs> sounded cool. If you follow them and their history, their roots are actually, now I'm not saying they're Hitler but their roots are actually in Nazi Germany. You can follow the, you know how businesses have histories, right? It was founded by this person and then they grew to this person. And that's where they began to establish the chemicals and learn how to establish those chemicals which they used to kill Jews in gas chambers. So what they learned over the years that they're able to change and tweak this stuff to now kill pests on the food in India. And it's even made its way into, Mer into America. Pastor, are you saying that they're spraying the same gas? I'm saying yes. Right now in legal cases all over the country, Roundup is fighting for their company life because it's been proven to cause cancer and death. Now, some of y'all got Roundup. You get ready to go spray your grass because it's spring. Just don't breathe in, okay? Be careful. There's chemicals in this stuff. Why am I saying all this? We need to know that when someone comes on TV and says, we're doing this for the good of people because every human life matters, don't always believe them. Have discernment. 
especially as people of God, people of faith, people of the spirit, have discernment. Watch that and say, wait a second, let me do some checking on my own. Same thing about this teaching. Check me. The end effect of what they're already seeing in India is the pollinators are dead and gone, the bees. The groundwater has been poisoned and made the land unusable for generations to come. The current Indian prime minister named Modi said at the World Economic uh, Forum, catch this, climate change, quote, I don't know if this is up there, climate change, terrorism, understandable, terrorism for sure, climate change, terrorism, and the backlash against globalization are the three most significant challenges to civilization as we know it. Wait, backlash against globalization is a significant challenge to civilization as we know it? So you're saying that if I don't want you to have all of my private information and put it in some database so you can follow me around, I'm a threat? That's exactly what he's saying. When we think of technologies that change history for good, how many of you guys understand that humanity has a way of turning it quickly for evil? The atomic bomb didn't set out to be an atomic bomb. It set out to be a clean source of energy. This will be neat. Maybe we can split an atom, power a city, bomb. Right? That's how it developed. Even the plane that was in all innocence created for what's such a wonderful thing. We still fly around. Warplanes kill way more people than ground warfare. Great famine. The Great Reset brings great famine. Stalin and the Great Famine. Ukrainian people were put through terrible suffering when Stalin totally decided by himself to operate collectivization and all the land and all the resources and the farms in, in the Ukraine were put towards communism in its purest form. In 1932, any resistance that was met were executed immediately or banished until ultimately many of them died. By 1933, one year, by 1933, over 6 million people had died in a false famine. Why is it a false famine? Because they had plenty of food, but they took all of their food and shipped it to other places in communist Russia. And along the way, it was destroyed by pests or bad storage. So now they took the food that was feeding this person to try to go feed that person, and now this person died and that person died. You see how that happens? Can I tell you something? People, especially people that think that they can bring about a world of utopian society, will ultimately destroy everything they touch. You with me? Only God. Only God can make all things new. We can work under the sermon of the Spirit as people of God and try our best to serve our neighbor and our fellow man and to serve our church. But at the end of the day, only God is going to make things new. And guys, we're lying to ourselves if we're saying we can make it all better. It's not supposed to get all better. Scripture shows us it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's the unraveling of thing, that when the king of kings breaks open the Easter sky and redeems it all, amen? We're supposed to feel like, wow, things are getting close. 
Revelation 6.6 reminds us that the famine will be a huge problem in end times. China, how do we know that famine may become a problem sooner than we think? Many people say, watch the money. I say, watch the food. China is hoarding massive amounts of grain. According to Nikkei Asia, in an article called China Hoards Half the World's Grain, they point out that China, which only has 20% of the world's population, is expected to have 69% of the globe's maize reserves in the first half of the crop year of 2022. What are they doing? They have 60% of the world's rice and 51% of the world's wheat. What are they doing? Now, don't go to Food Line and buy all the rice because I'm not going to, I'm going to get out of here after all y'all. Leave me a box. (laughs) Just leave me a box. The Great Reset, Great Famine, Great Surveillance. I got some pictures for you. The digital ID. That is called, no, that's the common pass. That's, that's right there is basically something that, again, great idea, everybody. You can download this thing and travel without any all these uh, restrictions. Just put it on your phone. Just put your name in there and, and prick your finger. No, you don't have to do that. But this gives you a vaccine passport and all these, all these things on the surface. Okay. But get beneath the surface with me, friends. This is basically saying, and this, this one is the digital ID. The vaccine passport is the platform to which the digital ID takes over. Now you've got everything from your health care to your government to your travel, your mobility. Everything is in your digital ID. You do not exist without that. I always have been a person that loses my wallet. I always have. I don't even know where it is now. I always do. And I'll tell Kelly, I lost my wallet. Lost your wallet? Where'd you have it last? Well, I don't know. If I knew that, I wouldn't have lost it. Right? Because I just like, well, it'll turn up. And then a week later, it does. It turns up. So I'm okay. So I'm, I'm okay. But anyway, you, the digital ID, it's biometric. It's a fingerprint. You know, I got a new iPhone because they have my fingerprint, and I told myself that's all they're going to get. That's all they're going to get. I had the one with the button, and then it broke. You know they make those things break a certain time. It broke. I said, God, doggone it. I get the other one, and it said, would you like to set up face ID? I'm like, yes. (laughs) Sounds very convenient. (laughs) So now they got my face and my thumbprint. It's over for me. Y'all hang on. Hang on. (laughs) The medical. Let's go to the next one. It's not an alien. We already did that last week. That's not it. Oh, here it is. It's on this piece of paper. Oh, yeah, I need this again. China. (laughs) Back to China. China's social credit system was developed in 1999. It was an idea. By 2019, the social credit system is a system that flags people. My source is nhglobalpartners.com. That flags people 
Basically, everybody knows what the credit, your credit score is, right? You understand that. China has a social credit score. They can flag you. If you ever say anything bad about the government, you're hit. If you say anything, if you don't show up for work on time, you're hit. If you ride outside the bike lane, you're hit. I'm reminded of that skit, go to jail. You music too loud, go to jail. Anyway, <laughs> those of you that know what I'm talking about, that's a pretty funny one right there. Anyway, so they actually have a system in place where as a, as a person, you get to a certain threshold, you cannot travel out of your own city. You certainly can't travel beyond the, the state lines. They don't call them states, the, the lines. You can't travel outside the country, of course, and you can't buy, you can't sell. It, they are so strict on the social credit system, you have a scarlet A basically upon you that not only can you not undo, but it is now on your family behind you. This is happening right now. From 1999 to 20, in 20 years to 2019, it went from, hey, I have an idea, I've got a social credit system, to now today, it is so extreme that there are people literally homeless because they have this social credit score and they can't do anything about it. They can't find work. They can't find housing. They're, in essence, lepers to society. The latest emergency powers that Justin Trudeau in Canada made. Why is this important? Because Canada's our neighbor. And he just said, I'll just do whatever I want. Get y'all. I can do it. You can't stop me. What do the emergency powers give him power to do? Prohibit public assembly ban or stop travel to, from, and within specific areas, use of specific property. Money is property. He can ban them from using their property. Why is this important? Because they used an order, an obscure order that said he can have emergency powers because the government argues that the trucker blockades are being carried out in conjunction with activities that are directed toward or in support of the threat or use of acts of serious violence against persons or property, including critical infrastructure, for the purpose of achieving a political or ideological objective within Canada. I heard violence. I pulled up a couple pictures. Let's see what's going on in Canada. A bouncy house? I mean, what you see on the news, you got to look past that. There was a news article that said, person throws bike at mounted police. And if you look deeper, it's a lady with a walker that they knocked over. Let's look at the next one. This certainly is inconvenient for people trying to go from point A to point B, sure. But violence? Let's look at the last one. Sorry, not sorry. Hurry, bring in the military. Get out of that hot tub right now. You get out of there. Why do I bring it up? I, I'm blown away by what's actually happening because it's Canada, all right? I mean, that's like so close to us, but in a moment, the switch was flipped. Thirdly, the Great Reset will bring about great idolatry. Genesis 6-4 says that the people that were there at the time of the days of Noah, the Nephilites, the, the fallen angels, had sex with the 
daughters of men, and, and they had children, and they were called the Nephilim, but they were the great heroes of old. There's a great idolatry going on in the world now, idolatry that equates to celebrities, politicians, musicians, and movie stars alike. Friend, let me tell you something. Don't idolize any person, pastors included. Now, I know that's tough for some of you guys. <laughs> Stupid. I was doing so good. <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I have met people that their church is almost like an idol to them. It, it, it has become, and I'm like, it's Jesus, man. People have gone so far. I mean, if you have a tattoo of a celebrity on you, I'm not mad at you. But we understand that the, the whole definition of idols is anything that takes precedence over God in our life. It takes more time, takes more money, takes more effort. A hobby can be an idol. Anything. Great idolatry is going to be something that you'll go from, here's a great government leader that now they're the Antichrist, that now they're also as high as God. That's how quickly that thing would develop. And listen, I ain't telling y'all who to vote for, but some of y'all got to relax with the Trump thing. He is not God, right? Any politician, don't put your faith on any of them. Vote what the Holy Spirit leads you to vote and then relax because Jesus is coming soon. He's going to be in charge and he's going to make all things new. The fourth thing brings great immorality. I mean, you guys feel like the world's falling apart at the seams. Check this out. This is a priest named Mindar. No joke. A priest named Mindar is holding forth at a place called Kodaji. It's a 400-year-old Buddhist temple in Kyoto, Japan. Like other clergy members, this priest can deliver sermons and move around and interface with worshipers. But Mindar comes with some unusual traits, you don't say. He's made of aluminum and silicone for starters. Mindar is a robot. We got that part. Designed to look like Canon, a Buddhist deity of mercy. The $1 million machine is an attempt to reignite people's passion in their faith. Not me. Great immorality. The gay pride, trans pride, any other pride movement is as evil as it can be. We are made in the image of God all the same. I'm talking about racial. I'm talking about man and woman. I'm talking about where you're from and how much money you got. We are made in the image of God. And at some point, we've got to just accept what the Scripture says. Let me tell you something. One of the most unracial books that's ever been written is right here. It says Jewish. It says Samaritan. Sure. It says son of this person or father of this person. It says all of that to give you heritage and background. Moses, the leader of the Israelites, married a black girl named Sephora, right? Church. We got to get past all this nonsense because if we can't, society never will. Amen? Let's look at a couple of statistics 
about the great immorality and how religious affiliation is declining. Church membership among U.S. adults for the first time in history is below 50%. They threw synagogues and mosques, all of it in there. For the first time in history, Americans are below 50% in their religious affiliation. Church membership by generation over time. Just take a moment and look at that. You're born before 1946. You see how it's kind of gone down the percentage. Baby boomers started much lower, gone down over the years. Generation X, gone down. Millennials, guys, 2008, 2010, 51% were in church. In eight years, it dropped to 36%. This is a problem, a big problem. And we have a lot of people, parents that aren't in church, and yet you expect your kids to grow up and take their kids to church? Amen? We've got to set the example. We've got to be in the pew. I know it's old-fashioned, but it's God's plan. Forsake not the assembling of the brethren. Let's be together in worship. COVID-19 tried to steal it, but we're not going to let it. Amen? Next one. Now, this is a little glimmer of hope. In a world that's declining, all denominations, almost without any exception, are declining across the board. Southern Baptist Convention, United Methodist Church are the two largest Protestant denominations in the United States. You see there the, the Assemblies of God of which we are, and this isn't a pride statement, this is a truth statement. The Assemblies of God believes in the power and the gifting of the Holy Spirit, the full gospel message. We're going up, grown by, I believe it's 14%, and continuing to, even during the pandemic, continuing to grow. Over the past two decades, the percentage of Americans who do not identify, catch this, with any religion has grown from 8% to now 13%. In 2008 to 2010, just two years, it went from 13% to now 21%. So it went from 8 to 13, and now it's jumped from 13 to 21. It's accelerating that people are just throwing up their hands and say, I'm not religious at all. They're giving up completely on the idea. It breaks this preacher's heart. Back to Canada. I'm not piling on Canada, but religious affiliation was at 85% among older Canadians born between 1940 and 1959. Now, in comparison, there are only 32% religious affiliated people for those born between 1980 and 1999. Did you catch that? 85% down to 32%. Why do I bring up Canada? Because they're our closest neighbor and our culture is following the trajectory of what it seems like they've been following for a number of years. Europe is even further ahead with more people that have given up on religion altogether. South America, catch this, South America is sending missionaries here because we need it. You go to a place like South America in most nations, the Southern Baptists, the Methodists, the Pentecostals, no, the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, you go into 
places in South America, and there is no delineation between the missionaries from these denominations that in America aren't Spirit-filled and the denominations that are Spirit-filled. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is needed on the mission field, and when they get there, they realize, oh my goodness, I need something more. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost so I can do the ministry God's called me to. America's just missed the power. Guys, the great reset's coming. It's going to happen. The question is, is it going to be something that you're fearful of, you're scared of, or is it be something that in your heart you're prepared for? Because what I'll tell you this is I don't know when the rapture is going to occur, but I believe it's going to happen before the tribulation. I believe it with all my heart. But I know there's going to be challenges leading up to it. And when the great reset starts happening and people start waking up and saying, what in the world's going on? Now I can't even do this. You need to be ready, as Paul said, with an answer. His name is Jesus. Amen, church? Bow your heads with me. Lord, use us as salt and light. Help us to approach things honestly, practically, and with love for people. God, help us to avoid conflict, but also, God, help us to stoke people toward thought and considering, Lord Jesus, the gospel message. Prepare us for what's to come. <laughs> Send revival to this place. God, I think we're ready. Use us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to hear more from Greater Life Church, subscribe to the Greater Life Church podcast. Links to both are on our website, greaterlife.church. 